A few years ago, our girls started mentioning a number of new names around the house. Hannah would mention that it was Diane's birthday, or Greta would remark that Chan had a new hair color this week. My husband and I would look at each other quizzically. Who are these people? Were these new kids in their classes, or boys they had met at the pool or something? But it didn't take us too long to discover the K-pop phenomenon had appeared in our household. All of the new names were part of the Korean pop music scene. And like true fans of a certain age, the girls learned everything about their favorites. They knew the lineups of the various groups they listened to and their roles in the groups. And they just assumed that we did too. They lived in a world where all these people were common household names. And a mere reference to them is all that was necessary to summon up their stats and their songs and stories. I was reminded of that experience this week when I was reading through our lesson from Hebrews. Just as the girls occupied a mindset where K-pop idols hold important places, the author of Hebrews operates in just the same way. He tosses out names like Rahab and Jephthah, Barak, and that guy who was sawn in half. And it's clear from the way he writes that he expects that a name or passing reference is all that is needed and that at the name, the whole story will spring to our minds. He occupies a world where people of scripture are common household names, and a mere reference to them is all that is necessary to summon up their signs and stories. For so many of us, our mental world just isn't shaped like that. That's not how we think. Our mental universe is populated by a whole host of people, characters from our favorite TV shows, celebrities from pop culture, famous people in our line of work. But then I hear of these people of faith, these people of whom the world was not worthy, these people who form part of so great a cloud of witnesses. And I have a longing to have these people in my head. I want to know who these people are. I want to have their stories in mind so that when I run into trouble and heartache and complications, that I can take comfort and take hope in the endurance they showed and the faith that they shared. So who are these people after all? And let me tell you, I've coordinated Sunday school curriculums for a number of years, and a lot of these people never show up in what we teach the kids. I guess it's not a surprise that we don't talk about Rahab, much given her profession. But Hebrews is dipping into some fairly obscure parts of the Old Testament here. The first group mentioned are heroes from the book of Judges. Gideon was a general who defeated the Midianites by surprise, surrounding their camps with a much smaller force with torches concealed by clay jars. Breaking the jars at the blast of a trumpet, they convinced the Midianites that they were under attack by a much larger force to save Israel. Barak was another general who served under Deborah, the greatest of the women judges. And Samson, you probably remember, he was the one who had the strength of many men, as long as he never cut his hair, and who messed with the Philistines a lot. Jephthah was also a general who defended Israel against the Ammonites and made a rash vow to sacrifice to God the first thing he encountered when arriving home. He thought it would be an animal in his courtyard. 
However, it turned out to be his daughter, with unhappy consequences for all concerned. David, the sweet singer of Israel, and Samuel, who was anointed, anointed him king, are, we probably know. And from there, Hebrew stops using names and starts mentioning little bits of stories. Some of these people we can recognize. Others are harder. I couldn't remember any story from the Bible of anybody being sawn in half. It turns out that there is a legend that describes being sawn in half as the mean by which the prophet Isaiah died. Now, think, these are just some of the people Hebrews mentions. There are so many more, some in the Old Testament, some in the New Testament, some who lived after the time of Jesus, those who were persecuted by the Romans, or who spread the faith into Europe and Africa and Asia, and those who lived and kept the faith alive in those places, handing down the stories, living within that great cloud of witnesses. While my husband and I might not be hip to the latest international music trends, we like to support our daughters. We've gone to concerts by Stray Kids and twice, and stood in the freezing cold of a New York City morning to attend a free Today Show appearance of NCT 127. We've learned who these people are that they keep talking about. Why? Because it leads to a richer conversation. Taking the time to learn who these people are means that I can engage with my daughters on a deeper level. Again, the same is true of the members of this great cloud of witnesses. The more we learn about them, the richer we understand God's story to be. The more we learn about how God has chosen to act, the more we understand how he chooses regular people, like us, to do mighty things for the kingdom. We learn how God's grace empowers and strengthens people to achieve things that they firmly knew were completely impossible. Learning these names, these stories, leads us into a richer world with even more possibilities than we ever imagined. So is that the only reason that these people get mentioned? Well, no, there is more to it than that. It's all leading up to something. One of the things that Hebrews keeps coming back to is the notion of patient endurance. This is a theme that keeps reappearing in the book, and the end of our reading leads us into one of these discussions. And why do we remember them? Because they've showed us how it's done. They showed us what patient endurance looks like in the face of hosts of difficulties. But even these people, as noble and, as noble, noble and proper as they might be, aren't the last word on holiness. No, Hebrews has someone else in mind. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. At the end of the day, that's what this list is really about. All of these people will teach you about what it means to lead a life well-lived, either by following their examples or by avoiding their mistakes. Knowing these people helps you get more out of the conversation. But they're not the final point. As great as these people are, they're only a warm-up for the chief hero, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, Jesus. At the end of the day, it all leads back to him. There is no one who can read us. There is no one who can lead us like Jesus can. Now, as you pick up your Bibles this week or in the coming weeks as we 
uh, begin our Bible challenge and adult forum, let me give you a task. Find out more about this cloud of witnesses. Learn more about the ones who came before us. Make them a part of your world. Draw strength and encouragement from the troubles they faced and the hardships that they overcame. Learn from them to look to Jesus, whose yoke is easy and whose burden is light. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have surrounded us with a great cloud of witnesses. Grant that we, encouraged by the good example of your saints, may persevere in running the race that is set before us, until at last we may, with them, attain to your eternal joy. Through Jesus Christ, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever.